thank you everyone for listening to Buzzard You Manor this evening. I've come into kind of like chats with people through throughout different social media accounts. And there's a lot of questions and a lot of conversations that I engage in. And I got into a pretty interesting chat with this gentleman. And we kind of went back and forth about things of the past. Well, I think that in reality, we all have been haunted by things of the past. For example, finding yourself single later in life at an older age. And you want to get back into the dating scene. Like, how do you do that? Where do you go when, you know, if your marriage fell apart or you were in a really, really long-term relationship and it just didn't work out and you're devastated, but yet you're a social butterfly or you're either healing and not ready to get out in the world. And so someone asked me a question, like, what would I do? Well, I've never experienced online dating ever in my life. And I'm not saying that I'm against it. I just like to know people and get to know people and get to know them in the flesh because there's things about me that are very old school that way. And there's nothing wrong with dating people online if you find a person and they're legit and they're likable and you like them. And sometimes you find some of the coolest friends online and sometimes you don't need relationships immediately. Sometimes friendship is enough. Where I'm going with this is if I were to find myself single, like at the age that I am and COVID-19 wasn't happening, I would probably participate in activities like I would sign up for fun runs. And if you're not a runner, what's wrong with getting in shape and walking and meeting other people who are out there? As a kid, I loved kickball. I would probably try to see if I would sign up on an adult league and hopefully I didn't suck, you know, but I would find other things to do, like maybe join like a book club where it's, you know, uh, different people joining in to share the love of books and reading just different activities. So that's how I'm answering that. So Sir Martin, how do you feel if you found yourself single at this age, what would you do? Well, I think I would hit the produce department at the local Sprouts. I hear you can find a lot of babes there. I guess I would start there. It's kind of hard. I mean, I guess there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of activities that I could participate in. But if I wasn't a social butterfly, I would probably go online and maybe join some forums or dating sites, I guess. But for me to say which one will work best, I don't know. But I guess you could say that, I mean, with technology nowadays, you don't really have to leave the home to meet somebody. You just have to have some type of, I guess, common interest to start off with. And then maybe that could lead to something else. But like yourself, I mean, it's kind of nice to be able to go somewhere and meet somebody, but it's not the only way, I guess I would say. Well, do you think that it's possible that people can have one night stands over the computer? Well, that's a good question. And it is possible if you have the, uh, I guess, the creativity in your head. Yeah. I mean, in a video camera, sure you can have one, (laughs) you know, and some nice soothing music and a glass of wine. I'm sure you could. I'm sure there's a lot of people that do that now um, without somebody else. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. To answer your question. Yeah. I wonder if that would be considered. um, I wonder if that would be considered a cyber crime. That's a joke, guys. Don't get so personal and don't take things so seriously. You know, you have to be able to laugh at random things sometimes because life can be too serious and you have to find reasons to make fun of yourself every now and then. Okay. So with that being said, Another conversation that I engaged in was this person was kind of being haunted of things in the past, a life that could have been, that should have been, that wasn't. I think that in life that if you go living a life, blaming yourself for everything that should have happened, oh, I should have dated her or I should have married her or vice versa, whoever you're dating, okay? And let's just say if you're married and you go through a divorce and it's painful, 
you know, sometimes divorce isn't always fair. Sometimes one person wants to stay married and the other person's checking out and it can feel like a slow death. Like you're attending a funeral, but no one's dead. And that's the grieving part. And that's natural. But what's not natural is wanting to hurt yourself over it. So don't ever let your mind go there. And if it does go there, seek out help. There's so much beauty and things to love in life. And I'm always a big believer that once you've loved, you can love again. And don't give so much power to things. Like, don't look at the past and say, it should have been this way. Obviously, it wasn't meant to happen. And if it was by your own mistakes that things fell apart, just walk away. And I know it's painful. Look at it like a learning lesson. So how do you feel about that, Sir Martin? Well, being a divorcee myself, many of us are, to be honest with you, in the process or getting divorced, I think it is kind of painful. But at the end of the day, it works out. It worked out for the best. In the beginning, I was like, oh, man, this is really horrible. I was feeling depressed. And, you know, didn't know how to deal with it. So it was a new experience for me in my life. But I didn't realize getting a divorce was actually doing me a favor to actually find somebody or be with somebody that I actually wanted to be with. Not realizing that, you know, it was like a hidden gem there by getting that divorce. You know, I was able to find like the real gold, I guess you could say. Isn't it funny how life is like that? Um, you think you know what's good for you, but some things that happen that are that have painful endings, sometimes there's beautiful beginnings. And, you know, I know it's very painful when there's children involved. It's very very painful. And some people go through it and they know it's the best thing. But no matter what happens, just always try to do what's in the best interest of the kids and don't use your kids to hurt one another. And um, there's a real thing that happens. It's called divorce abuse that some people experience when they're grieving that they don't even realize that they're doing. They're using their kids against each other. I'm not a psychologist. I just have experienced life. And I'm just trying to share some advice to people who are out in social media that they use social media as a place to fill a void because it feels good. And that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that until, you know, you find your happiness. And I, cause I, you know, we're all on this journey together. How do you feel about that, Sir Martin? Like I said, you know, for me, it was like an eye opener and I was able to see beyond where I was. And I'm thankful that it happened. I mean, I'm in a position now that I don't think I would have ever been before. I'm doing things now that I probably would have never done if I was still in the same marriage. It may sound kind of bad, but to be honest with you, it is a blessing. It has a good ending. So I would say just push forward and forget about the past and just kind of move where you're at, you know, and, and just make things happen and it'll be cool. And they say that the past walks on the hills of the present. And that is true, but you don't have to let it. Like we can learn from the past, but you don't need to stay living in the past. Don't let the ghost of the past haunt your present and rob you of your now, your happiness. And, you know, and that goes for the same future process. Invest in your life now. What is going on now? Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So don't live in the past. And it's okay to have goals for the future, but enjoy the journey. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say the past is actually like it gives you the heads up of the future. Now, the cool thing about your past is you can take that and say, mm, what did I learn from that? What can I change differently to make things, you know, more fruitful? And then the current situation, your, your present also has the opportunity to have even a better future. You know, it, it, it's a chain, man. So it's like from, you know, you can have your past and then your present and then your future. Now you can take that past, look at like, how can that be a positive thing in my life? We go back to divorce. Man, that was a horrible thing. But I learned so much more 
that I wouldn't do in this relationship now that I'm currently in or finance, whether it's financially, um, love, you know, your love life or whatever it is. I learned from that past. If you have things that are in your past that are somewhat negative or whatever, and you don't do anything about it, then there's something there that you need to kind of work on. And that's the opportunity for you to work on it in the present or your future. And so guys, get ready because I'm going to go just a little bit deeper. Okay. So there's something that myself and Sir Martin have in common. Um, We both have lost a friend to suicide. And so this chat that we're having, we're going to talk about whatever we want. Okay. You can either hold on, listen. It's just, I believe that sometimes if we just talk about things in our experiences in life, it can help others who may need it. They can find themselves in the same predicament. So I want to just talk about suicide right quick. A couple years ago, I lost a friend to suicide and it took me to a whole different level. And a person doesn't understand that until they've been through that. This guy was my best friend. We were friends since I was 14. And he was that friend that no matter what, he'd be there. He would give you the shirt off his back. And I know that you hear that a lot, but he was that friend. If I had nobody else around, I knew no matter what, he would be there. And I know that. I know that I'll probably never have another friend like that again. So sorry, guys. But anyhow, moving forward, I get a little bit emotional about it because I'm already a very emotional person when it comes to when I, when I feel passionate about things. So when that all went down, I got mad at everyone who said that they had faith and they believed in God. And this is me not attacking anybody, anybody's religion or anything like that. This was my, this is my grief that I'm sharing with y'all. All those so-called people of faith never did reach out to me to tell me that they were thinking about me. And it was everyone who reached out that I didn't expect. So I got really, really mad at a lot of people. So during this process, I'm not going to fall apart, guys. Sorry. (laughs) So during this process, I learned that anger is really hurt. So that was my eye-opening experience at that, but I also had to let him go. I was one of um, one of the last people to speak to him before he took his life, and that took the wind out of me. And if you've been through something like that, just get to the grieving and don't don't cut don't cut people up so bad when all they're trying to do is comfort you. When people would say, "I'm sorry," that was the last thing I wanted to hear. I just wanted to scream, "Well, tell me if you're sorry. How does this pain stop? Make if you're so sorry, make this pain stop." I just wanted someone just to say, you're going to get through this. You will. And I'm thinking about you, you know, stuff like that. So I didn't mean to get all emotional. It's just gets to me sometimes that I wanted to share. If anyone who is listening to this podcast, suicide is never the answer. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. And I know that if you're feeling suicidal, you may think that it's the only way out, but there's people who love you and When you take your life, it's us in the land of the living that are left picking up the pieces. So please, we love you. Don't take your life. So anyways, I'm sorry that I got all carried away. So Sir Martin, what are your thoughts on this? So I lost a friend some years back. He was a good friend of mine. You knew who he was actually. Yes, I do. And what really, really hurt me and and it sucked really bad. It took me a little while. And in fact, it's kind of weird that we're talking about this today. 
because I was actually talking to one of my other friends about it yesterday because I was still th- I still think about it now. And I mean, this was happened this happened back in the 90s or whatever. But anyway, he called me up and it was due to a relationship that was um, a failing relationship. And I really liked this girl a lot. And but he couldn't take the fact that she said she didn't want to be with him no more. So he ended up committing suicide on the phone while he was talking to me. Yeah. It was really hard because, you know, I, I was not, he was in Japan and I was in the U.S. And, you know, I, I couldn't do anything about it. I mean, when he called me, it's already, he already did what he, he did. And he actually, yeah, died on the phone while I was talking to him. So. And this was back, this was back in 98. Yeah. So it was, it was, a, it was a really, God, man, it, it messed with my emotions a lot. And like I said, I still think about it now, just thinking about it yesterday, but. Yeah, I miss them and everything, but I always say if if you're if you're feeling like you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Don't keep it in. And if you don't want to, you know, talk to anybody that you know, you know, back in the military they used to say to call, you know, talk to a counselor or or call the waiting hunter number. Why well, I, I would recommend that anybody who's feeling this kind of feeling or whatever call that one eight hundred number, the National Suicide Prevention Line, which is one eight hundred two seven three. 8255. Just remember that number. And if you have a friend that's, you know, going through some troubles as well, give them that number. So anyhow, moving forward, I just wanted to share that information because I think that with COVID-19 going on, that there's a lot of people in dark places. And my message to you is we've all been through the fire. We've all been through hell and never quit fighting your way out. You keep swinging, keep moving. And this message is for you. Fight like hell. We got your back. We love you. And just hang in there. I'm going to move forward with something that I hope y'all all understand. Like I sometimes have a really twisted sense of humor or my tickle box will get turned over at the most inappropriate time. And I'm going to share a story like when this happened. So it's called trying to keep it together and not lose it during the most inappropriate time. I was invited to this church. And this guy that I knew since we were like in kindergarten invited me out. And so I looked up the address and it was in a shopping center. So I pulled up and I invited two other of my guy friends. One was one of my other best friends. I'm not going to use any names. He understands my sense of humor and I should have never invited him. That was wrong on my part. And the other one was a really close coworker who I also went to high school with. So we walk in and I'm going to show him that I appreciate him inviting me to his church. And I am just going to listen to the word. So I go and I sit up front. Oh my gosh, was that a mistake? So they had these visitors come in and there were guest speakers. Okay, that part wasn't mentioned, and I probably would have never even really thought about it. So there was some people from England, from Ireland. Then there's this other guy from South America. Look, I have Hispanic blood in me. Sir Martin does too, so this is not anything racial towards anybody. But why on earth would you let someone speak who doesn't really know the language that well? And some of his terminology was just off the wall. And I don't really even know if he understood exactly what he was saying. So what he was trying to say was if you've ever experienced any kind of like abuse or anything, which abuse is not funny at all. Okay. It's not, but the terminology he was using was just shocking. And I'm looking around 
like everybody else's expressions and faces and they look horrified. And this guy's being serious because he doesn't know any better. He said something like, if you've ever had a parent punch you, slap you, kick you, pull your hair. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, no, no, please don't. Please don't do this. Not now. Like I'm here to show support. And I'm looking over at my buddy who knows my sense of humor. And he's looking at me from the side of his eye and he is dying, but he has more control of his laughter. And then I look over at my coworker and he's sitting there like the thinker. I'm like, seriously? Like he's really getting into it. And I'm like, how are you getting into punching, slapping, pull hair? I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around and I turn around and I look at people behind me. And you could tell they're trying to keep it together. And then I look back towards the speaker and he's zooming in right on me. I'm like, oh, please don't do that. Please don't do that. No, 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 please don't do that. And then the tears start rolling down my face. And these aren't tears of remorse. These aren't tears of you're touching my heart. These are tears you're fucking killing me. You're killing me. And I had to put my head down and I put my head down. (laughs) And I know that everyone in the back saw my back going up and down up and down, up and down. And he's not letting up because now I'm looking up again and he's thinking, am I getting, am I getting through to her or is she laughing at me? And it made it even worse. And in my mind, in the moment I was like, okay, okay, I got to get up. I got to get the hell out of here. I'm going to completely lose it. And then I, I try to get up. And then I knew that I would completely really lose it. And everyone in the audience was looking at me, I sat back down. And so anyhow, after everything was said and done, I think my friend who invited me out to his church saw the commotion that was going up front. I never got invited back again. And he was very short with me. But I thought, no, dude, I should be offended that you invited me here and tortured me with that. I thought, oh, God, please give me wings. I got to fly out of here because if I lose it, I don't want to offend these people. But it was pure hell, pure torture. Have you ever experienced anything like that, Sir Martin? Oh, yeah. Actually, I in the when I was in college, I worked under a really well-known professor. He, he spent time in New York. He went to NYU and he was well-known in theater. And I used to do all the sets with him in the summer. We put on various different uh, plays and everything else. And so he had a student, actually she graduated already, but she was like an up and coming theater director. And so she was putting on in the local community theater. Uh, it was a Hamlet. And so I went and I took a friend of mine with me as well. And they had a, section of the, uh, the the very front where the stage is right i mean it's like it was really close the seating was really close to the stage it was like maybe four feet away from the stage the the front row so we sat in front the play starts hamlet comes out and everything else and you know my vision of hamlet was totally different than what i saw that day you know i mean i've read it i've seen you know video but then when i see this hamlet come out so and, and i'm not talking i'm not dogging anybody or anything like that but this hamlet came out and he was a good man Maybe this Hamlet was three of the Hamlets that I'm used to seeing in one. So he was a big guy. He came out. And so that was one of the things. He was already, you know, the, the lamps, I guess the lightings on the stage, stage lights were really kind of hot. And so he was already sweating. He was drenching. I mean, it was just the beginning of the play. So he's coming out. He's a big dude. He's coming out. And then I know I looked down towards his feet and uh, he had uh, the Kung Fu shoes like you would slip, slip on, you know, Kung Fu shoes. And his feet were kind of plump, I'll just say. 
So there, he had busted his shoes, and so there, his toes were hanging out of it. You know, so he's over there. <laughs> so, and then he starts getting, you know, reciting his lines and getting into it and everything else. And I'm just looking at his feet and laughing, you know. And then, and then when I look up, I see this big booger hanging. <laughs> I couldn't handle but start breaking up there laughing, you know. And then you got my professor looking at me like. What the hell, you know? And then we're in the front seat, and so there's a bunch of laughing in the front because I just got my friends to start laughing as well. And then Hammond's looking pissed <laughs> off at us because I'm sure he knows that we're laughing at him, you know? So, yeah, that was not a good thing. Uh, yeah, you know, during the intermission, we left. But it, it was hor- it was a horrible play because of Hamlet. You know, I couldn't stop laughing because when I would see his feet, and his, his toes were hanging out of the shoe. Okay, that's for one thing. I mean, come on. Put some duct tape on it or something. That tells me that maybe the person who was running like the clothing, they didn't have a size and maybe he had to force his poor foot into something that didn't fit and it just happened. Well, like I said, he used those stretchy Kung Fu shoes, the black ones you slipped on and those were busting through. So, and I couldn't help it. I mean, I try to be serious on it because, you know, my professor was there. He was really serious. He was, uh, you know, giving a lot of credit to, it was one of his students put on in the community play and everything else. And then, yeah, it was in ended up being a joke, for, at least for me and my friends and everything. But yeah, it was terrible. So during this, we were supposed to have a guest on, and sometimes got confused. And I did have a chat with my celebrity guest, who was supposed to be recorded with us, and she was very lovely. And I'm going to give her a chance to reach back out to me so we can have her on. And if not, then I'll just share the chat that we had. So, Sir Martin, if you would, before we wrap this up, could you please share that number? If anyone's listening who needs help, who feels down, can you please share that number for the suicide hotline? Yes, it's 1-800-273-8255. And that's the number to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Good night.